episode three of Empower Central, the podcast for parents, teachers, and youth workers. I'm your host, Kristen Perona. As you know, we explore topics that will empower you as you guide and impact the next generation. Today, we're talking about STEM, and with us today, we have Vicki Hauser, Gifted Education Specialist at Central Christian School. Welcome, Vicki. Hi, it's great to be here. So we know that STEM is really popular. Why is this important? It's not just about learning and working with content and skills that are in high demand fields, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, but it also teaches children just to be problem solvers. What are the problem solving skills? How to be creative thinkers, critical thinkers, communicators and collaborators with each other. And those are skills that they can apply in fields beyond STEM specific areas. Vicki, would you explain for us what the process for STEM activities looks like? Um, Are there steps? Are there things that parents can do at home to incorporate STEM? So one of the ways that I incorporate STEM activities in my classroom is through Uh, using the engineering design process. And so that is a circular series of steps, um, a process that that is continuous. Okay. Um, The first step is ask. So asking questions to gain a better understanding of what the, the challenge is, the activity is. So the challenge could be, we want to build a boat that is an unsinkable boat. So we're going to use everyday materials that you can find at home to build a boat that can hold as much weight as possible in a body of water without sinking. Okay. So the first phase of the engineering design process, once they know what the task is, is ask. They wanna ask questions about what's available for them to use, clarification questions about the task or challenge so that they know the entire scope of what's expected, as well as maybe questions about constraints, what can't they do? This could be a great time for them to do some research about what are some things, materials that have very good floating properties or how porous some are versus others that aren't as porous. This is a very natural first step, asking questions because kids are great at that. Sometimes kids will naturally do it without verbally saying the question. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you lay out a variety of materials they may start you know, pulling out a sheet of tin foil and mm-hmm. putting it in water, like, I wonder if this will float. That's what they're thinking to themselves, but they mm-hmm. may not be saying it. Mm-hmm. So for children who are curious, but maybe not as verbal yet, um, or know how to structure their thinking in a way to ask questions to someone, you can facilitate that. If you're a parent or a teacher working with young children, you can walk them through those steps where you can say, let's see if we can figure out which materials would be best to float. I wonder if this tin foil will float. Let's put it in some water. Mm-hmm. It floats. Okay, we'll think of that as an option to make our boat out of. Let's try this piece of cardboard. Let's see if this floats. Mm-hmm. It does, but it also kind of starts taking on some of the water. Hmm, maybe that won't be the best. For older children who are able to ask those questions, you can start guiding them towards resources for them to learn more about the specific type of science content they'll be working with. So sources like SciShow Kids or Crash Course Kids or even Brain Pop, students can start researching buoyancy. 
We will have links to all of those sources and those websites in our notes portion of the podcast. Vicki, what's the second step for STEM activities or the STEM process? The next step is imagine. So Mm -hmm. starting to brainstorm different solutions to the problem. And during this phase, you don't want to put your critical thinking hat on. You just want to come up with ideas. You can sketch them. You can discuss them. What kind of materials could we use and how might we shape them? How, How might we put them together in order to create this boat that's going to float and hold a lot of weight without sinking? Maybe we'll fold the sides up like a box, maybe, or like a box lid. Maybe we'll make it into a taco shape mm-hmm. and we'll use duct tape to close the edges in to try and keep water out. Excellent. And what's next? The third step is to plan. So you choose one idea that you want to try, you sketch it out, you label its parts, you make a materials list so that you have a clear vision of what it is you're going to create, which is the next step, the fourth step. You actually create it. Okay. Once your project is created, it's time to go through a testing and improving cycle. So with the understanding of the challenge at hand, you go ahead and see how well your design matches up to those expectations. So in this particular instance, we'll have a tub of water, put our boat inside of the water, and then start adding weights. And Hmm. you could use things like coins for the weights or um, hardware pieces, anything that that has a consistent amount of weight where you can add it incrementally to see how much weight it can withstand. As you describe this, I'm picturing with the younger kids, maybe kids preschool age, you as the adult guiding them through every single one of these steps. And like you said earlier, modeling for them. But then as the kids get older, kind of backing off Mm -hmm. and letting them take the lead in their own discovery. It's going to be Mm adult-led, but with the students having the ability to, or children, having the ability to put their voice into it and make the decisions ultimately. So imagining you can start by providing some of your own ideas. I wonder if we could fold the foil like this in order to keep the water out. So just modeling for them how you're thinking about a plan Mm -hmm. or an idea. And then as the students offer, and it may even just be a tweak, like, yeah, but then we could also put a flag on the top of the ship. You know, anything that they want to provide, put that in your sketch of a possible idea that you could use because that's allowing them to start those brainstorming processes in their mind. And then in the planning, you're obviously going to be, for the younger children, the one who sketches it out and labels the parts. But the whole time, I would be verbalizing what it is I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So I would say something like, so this is the plan we've chosen. I'm going to sketch out exactly how I want it to look or close to how I want it to look, if you've got some perfectionists. (laughs) We don't want to encourage that. And I wanna make sure that I put a word with every part of my design so I know what it is. So this is going to be the body of our boat, this is going to be our flagpole, this is going to be our flag. And would you actually mark it? I would. I love that because then you're also integrating literacy and literacy development into what is a STEM project. 
Absolutely. And you're also starting to teach diagramming skills to your kiddos too. Okay. When it comes to having created your design and you're ready to test it, the biggest part of the testing phase is being an observer. So as we're putting weights into our boat, if we start to see water leaking through a crack in the bottom, we'll know that's an area that we need to work on improving. So we would take that to the last phase, which is improving. Based on what we observed that failed during the test, what is it that we can do to create a better design? So this kind of launches you back through the process again, asking what was the failing point of our design? What are some possible ways that we could fix that flaw in the design? Let's go ahead and choose one of those options to fix the design and patch it up. Maybe we want to put duct tape around it or another piece of foil, saran wrap, something to keep that water out, and then go back and test it again and see where else can we find a flaw that we can fix to make an even better design. I love this because as you described the the failing point or the redesign process, you're smiling. And I think that's such an important life lesson that we can model for our kids as we go through this stage and as we're testing things and redesigning things to fix mistakes, to have a growth mindset and to not feel like a failure just because your first project needed some tweaking. The way that we frame the test and improve phase in my classroom is that we are hoping to find a failure Hmm. in our first set of tests because that allows us to create a better final product ultimately than what we could have started with. What if we lived our lives like that so open to discovery and self-awareness that we were constantly not threatened by learning things like that. I think we would be a healthier (laughs) society for sure. I think we would be living in really healthy community. Are there other areas of life that you can apply the STEM process skills to? It's teaching children how to be problem solvers in a way to go about problem solving in all areas of their life. Conflict on the playground would be an example. If you have um, a conflict to come up with a friend, you can go through this process. Ask, "How, how does my friend feel? How do I feel? What happened? What could I ask them about what happened? Mm -hmm. And then imagine, how could we maybe resolve this conflict? What are some options? Maybe I can talk to the person and tell them how I feel. Maybe I can go to a teacher and ask them for support. And then a plan, coming up with a solution with that friend, try it out and see what happens. On a larger scale then, we're creating citizens who have the ability to maybe one day work in healthcare or government or other big areas that affect a lot of people. And if they have these problem solving skills, they'll be able to tackle some of the big challenges that affect all of us. Problems are a part of life, and that is why we learn the engineering design process, because from little problems in your everyday life to big problems on a global scale, they exist. There's no getting away from them, but we have been given the blessing to be stewards of trying to figure out solutions to those problems. Thank you so much for imparting your wisdom to us, for sharing. Obviously, you are passionate about critical thinking and problem solving and mistakes and learning from our mistakes. 
I so appreciate you being here today and sharing with us. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to episode three of Empower Central, where we are guiding and directing the next generation of problem solvers and critical thinkers. 